entry was a glorious moment and I invite you to now we can bow our heads for prayer as we start off our service this morning and let's invite Christ to be in our midst in our hearts and in our lives dear heavenly father we thank you because you've given us this wonderful sabbath in which we can come to your holy place to church to worship you to praise you and above all to celebrate the life that you have given each and every one of us, that through your sacrifice, we can also have eternal life. And we thank you so deeply for it. And we pray that this program that we have set up and worked may be for your honor and your glory. May you um, be here with us also celebrating everything that we have done and given for you as well. May you join our hearts. May you join our voices as we sing and praise you today and always. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I have a question for you. Do you believe there is power in the blood? Amen. Amen, right? That is one of our most powerful songs that we can sing together. So I invite you all to we can stand and sing this beautiful hymn, hymn 294, There is Power in the Blood. you be free from the burdens of sin there's power in the blood power in the blood would your evil a victory win there's power in the war in the blood there is power power wandering perfect power in the blood of the there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's side. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, one great working power in the blood of the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the you do service for Jesus your King. There's power in the blood. 
daily His praises to sing. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, working, working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder, working power in the precious Lord of the Lamb. Amen. You may be seated. And we will be delighted at this moment hearing a song. This piece is one that is said to be the most inspiring Christian composition of its day. And so I hope you enjoy it while you hear it, Sanctus. And we will be also remembering the names that are for our Lord. In the screen, you will see different names in, that Jesus is called, like Elohim, in different languages as well, so that you can also um, relate to those in your own language and even learn different language of what Jesus is called in different places. So I hope you enjoy.
What a triumphal entry. And now we move to our day Thursday, in which this day is recognized as the Lord's Supper, the day when all his disciples gathered in a room, ready, getting ready to eat together, to have the last bread, as we say, with, with the Lord. And so let us sing together this hymn, 151, Jesus Walked This Lonesome Valley. Moments before, we hear that he was feeling a little bit alone, Right, And that's why he wanted to have this last supper with his closest friends. So let us remember this moment when he felt a little alone while he walked this lonesome valley. Jesus walked this lonesome valley, he had to walk. 
pocket by himself. I must go and stand my trials. I have to stand here by myself. Oh, nobody else could stand it for me. I have to stand it by myself. Jesus walked this lonesome valley. He had to walk it by We will prepare ourselves to participate at the offering uh, call today. Our offering will be collected today and it will be going for our local church budget. Jesus gave everything for us. It is our time now to give back to him for all the good things come from his hand. And as we call the, uh, the deacons and prepare themselves, I also want to announce Richard and Sophia Watson, who are going to be doing an offertory while the uh, offering is collected, be still my soul. Deacons, I call you now to stand and let's have a word of prayer for the offering. You truly gave everything for us, Lord. Now as we come before your presence, we offer you our hearts, our will, and ask you, Lord, to please do your will in our lives. As we give back to you, may this offering be collected and be prospered so that may reach the purpose why it's been given. May you bless the families that are here today, those who are watching online, those who are following from different uh, devices. May you continue to bless your church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. We are going to be delighted now with a story, a children's story. But we ask for you to just remain where you are, children, because the story is going to come just, you're going to be able to hear it. And also all our adults and parents will also be able to hear it. And it's called The Three Trees. So we invite our youth department, if they're ready, we would love to hear the story, The Three Trees. Once upon a mountaintop, three little trees stood of and dreamed of what they wanted to be when they grew up. The first little tree looked up at the stars, twinkling like diamonds above him, and said, I want to hold treasure. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I want to be the most beautiful treasure chest in the world. The second tree looked up at Williams Creek, trickled by on its way to the great ocean. I have been here on the mountain long enough. I want to be useful now. I want to be a sailing ship and carry, carry powerful kings across the water. The third older tree looked down into the valley below where busy people worked in a busy town. I have lived here for a long time. I don't want to leave this mountain at all. I just want to grow so tall that when people see me, they will look to heaven and think of God. Years passed, rains came, sun shone, and the trees grew. But one day, a woodcutter climbed the mountain above the town, and in his hand, he carried a shiny axe. The woodcutter sized up the first tree. This tree is young and beautiful, perfect for what I need. And with a swoop of the shining axe, the first tree fell. Then the woodcutter moved to the second tree. This tree is strong and so secure. It's just the tree for me. I'm going to cut it down right now. Wow, now I shall sail mighty waters. I'm fit for kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the woodcutter came her way. She stood up straight and tall, but the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me. The first tree was happy when the woodcutter brought it to a carpenter shop, but the busy carpenter didn't make a treasure chest. Instead, his hands fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took him to a shipyard, but he wasn't made into a great sailing ship, just a little fishing boat to carry lots of smelly dead fish. The third tree was cut into beams and left in a lumberyard. I just wanted to carry beautiful things. I'm just a dumpy little boat. I'm a nothing. Years passed, and one night, garden or golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in a feed box. This manger is so beautiful. A few years later, a tired traveler and his friends crowded into an old fishing boat. Soon, a thundering and thrashing arose, and the little boat shuddered. This is scary. I wish I was bigger and stronger. 
But suddenly a man in the boat awakened, stood up and stretched out his hand and said, Peace, be still. And the storm stopped. That was Jesus. This is even better than I had hoped for. But what happened to the third tree? One Friday morning, she was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten woodpile. Ouch! Stop hurting me! The third tree flinched again as she was carried through an angry, jeering crowd. She hated when the soldiers nailed a man's hands and feet to her. Oh, I feel so cruel. Sabbath was quiet for the third tree, but on Sunday morning, when the sun arose, the earth quaked with joy as Jesus came forth from the tomb. You see, God's love makes everything better. Even our disappointments are opportunities. I wasn't a feed box. I actually held baby Jesus. God's love made me not just a strong boat, but made me gentle enough to rock Jesus to sleep. And what about you, tree number three? Me? I wanted to grow so tall that when people see me, they will look to heaven and think of God. And I got my wish, after all. I get to point people to God. I was made into a cross and stood high on a hill. Even today, I am still pointing people to God, and as a cross, I always will. I hope you enjoyed the story as much as we did. We may never know what Jesus has in store for each and every one of us, right? So we just have to let him work through us, and we'll see and we'll do amazing things. Now we come to Friday, which is one of the saddest, or I would say the saddest time in history, where was the sacrifice, where Jesus had to go and endure so much hurt and so much pain. And he went through the Via Dolorosa, which is known as the way of suffering. So let us hear this wonderful song, the Via Dolorosa, and just reflect and think of what the Lord went through for you and for me.
I invite you now to use your little green sticky notes that we were given in the beginning. This is the time where we will be using them. And in it, we invite you to either write your name or if you have a very special prayer request that you would like to give to the Lord, these, here's where you can write it in this little paper. And as we hear this wonderful song, Were You There? by Adam, we're going to ask if you can come to the front. There's a box here in the front that we're going to collect them. And later on this evening, they will be burned so that they can be also offered to our Lord. So as we listen to this wonderful song, I invite you to use those little papers to write your petitions or special requests or a prayer or even a thank, a gratitude to the Lord that only you and him will know, even just your name. And then you can come to the front and deposit it here in this basket. basket.
Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people came to the decision to put Jesus to death. They bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called Christ? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. Then he released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of the soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And they wove a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff on his right hand and nailed in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off his robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtains of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and the rocks split. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that happened, they were terrified and they exclaimed, surely he was the son of God. We will now have our song, Lamb of God. I invite you to sing it if you would like. Our words would be on the screen. And, remember, and let us remember that he was crucified as a lamb, but also to save us. Thank mm -hmm. you. 
And as Jesus died on the cross, he was laid to rest. And we enter the Sabbath, which is really quite interesting. Even in death, Christ rested on the Sabbath. So we will have a responsive reading, and where we invite you to open your hymnals in the, at the end of the pages, on the, closer to the end. We're going to open number 733. Oh, I'm just looking to... It is called Christ's Suffering and Death. And here with Tony and I, we will read the first paragraphs, and we will ask the congregation to respond all the bold paragraphs. 733, 733, Christ's Suffering and Death, 733. We will start, and you will answer. Who has, Who has believed our message? message? And to, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He, he was, was despised, and we esteem him not. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. He was, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his ears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his dead, though he had done no violence, nor he was deceived in his mouth. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. And he will divide his spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen. He is risen. Let's do it again. He is risen. 
He is risen indeed. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful Sabbath we are experiencing and the privilege to be together today. They asked me, Pastor, do you want to preach? And I said, maybe I, I should keep it very short. I think the whole service, it's a sermon on its own. And, and we've been led through the messages, through the, through the participation, singing, and, and the music to the presence of God. Now, my words are going to be very short, but I want to leave you with very few, very uh, short statements that we should consider today. Open your Bible, please, to the book of John, chapter 19, verse 30. Now, this is one of the first times or a few times that I get to preach on this microphone. So it, it gives me a little bit of a, of, of a situation because I like to move and I have to stay still in this section. So... If at some point you stop listening, it's because I probably moved too far from the microphone. But now, we have come to the, to, the, to the house of God. And as I always repeat to you, when we come to this place, we come before we need, because we need him. The reason why we are here is because we know he can do the things that we cannot do on our own. And if at some point you, you, you felt that that wasn't true, please let me remind you today. You are here because he's the only one that can carry the load that you cannot carry on your own. So let's get that clear. We come before his presence to celebrate on this special weekend. The world is celebrating. But every weekend, every Sabbath, we get the opportunity to come before him, to set our lives before him, to give him everything that we are. So today, before we open the word of God, I want you to pray with me and ask him to speak to you directly. It is necessary for you and I to listen to his voice. We have heard too much noise over the week. So many things are on our heads every day. In fact, some of us cannot go without having something. Like, you might be familiar with this. Let me show you. You know these things, right? Yes, you, you, you know them. By now, you probably have two or three at your home. And maybe you can't go out of your house without one. If you're speaking to the youth, they definitely know what I'm talking about. It is just hard to find a moment of solitude in today's time. Everywhere we go, there's either noise, music, people talking, loud noises. That they just don't give us enough time to meditate and to come to his presence. So today... I want you to tell God, please put the noise aside and let me listen to your voice. That's the reason why we're here. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your presence, asking you to please reveal yourself to us. Throughout the week, we listen to so many things, unnecessary things at most, loud noises, that keep us divided and that keep us unattended, that keep us co quite uh, confused and distracted. But today, Lord, as we come to your house and as we've come now through your invitation to this place, we ask you to please talk to us. Help us to listen to your voice. Help us to understand what you want us to know. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's one statement that comes from the cross. 
And I think it's one of the most powerful statements we will ever get to listen, get to hear. In fact, if you don't know it, please open your Bible with me to John chapter 19, verse 30. And I'm going to ask Luis, could I, could I get this microphone on? Okay, so I'm going to put this one aside. It is just hard for me to stay still in one place and I'd rather move. It's easier to, to connect with you. Um, John chapter 19, verse 30. Now, as we have seen, the triumphal entry happened on a, on a Sunday and people were there to, to praise Jesus. They knew that he was coming and they wanted to celebrate the king. Now, Jesus understood that his week, his the Passion Week was about to happen. He had a burden in his heart and he was laboring. He was working. He was working nonstop because he knew his time was short and there was something to accomplish. What was it that he needed to accomplish for you and me? Salvation. In fact, he said to his disciples, I have not come to be served, but I came to this world to serve and give my life for many. The reason why he had come to this world was to show us the Father. That was the main concept. That was the main work. In fact, when you read the whole book of John, and I encourage you today to take the time to read the letter of John and underline every time you get to hear Jesus preaching, every time you get to hear Jesus seek healing, every time Jesus goes out and teaches something, you will notice that everything that Jesus does, does it because the Father told him to do so. Do you know that? Jesus did not heal, preach, teach, or do anything on his own. Everything he did was because the Father told him to do it. In fact, he came to show us who? The Father. We needed to know the Father. There was a, a conflict in heaven. And that conflict took place where Satan said, It is impossible for beings to follow your law. It is impossible for us to, to subdue ourselves, to, to go under your will. In fact, you would destroy anyone that would go against it. And there was a big war in heaven. Revelation chapter 12 talks about that war that took place in heaven. And the character of God was now in, in, in the judgment position, was now being questioned. Is God going to fulfill what he has said? Whoever follows his law is going to be saved, but whoever goes, goes against it is going to be destroyed. What's going to happen with Satan? What is he going to do with the fallen angels? What is he going to do with all those hosts of angels who went against his will? He could easily destroy them and create more beings. But the doubt in their minds would stay there forever. No one would truly know. If God was the love of God, why would he destroy those who, would, who were to go against him? Was sin really as bad as he said? Was going against his will a true deception of the enemy and on behalf of everybody who would follow his path. When you read Genesis all the way to Malachi, you will find about 
300 prophecies talking about the fulfillment of, of the Son of God coming to the earth to save us. The Messiah coming to fulfill God's work. Now, it was important for God to show the universe what Satan was truly playing, was truly doing. And at the cross was the only perfect way that we would get to know this loving God who could stay in heaven and be safe. Yet he decided to come to this world and serve as a ransom for many. Now when we come to the book of John, chapter 19, verse 30, we're coming now to the end of this picture. We're coming now to the end of all the works. We're coming now to the, to the climax of the story of redemption. We're coming now to the point that you and I get benefit from. The whole three previous years of Jesus, three and a half previous years of Jesus do matter to us. But none of that would have made sense if verse 30 wasn't there. If verse 30 was not written and Jesus hadn't spoke those words, you and I would not have a chance to make it to heaven. You and I, would, you and I wouldn't be able to proclaim the good news of his second coming, the eternal life, forgiveness, pardon for men. It all makes sense. It all comes to fruition. It all comes to a complete uh, a statement when we read John chapter 19, verse 30. Maybe to you and I, that statement might be too short, too simple, too quick. But I need you to slow down. Because what we are about to hear is the most prominent statement coming from heaven. This is the assurance that you and I have. When we come before the Lord to present ourselves and ask for forgiveness. This is the assurance. This is the warranty that you and I have that we may inherit heaven. And we may inherit eternal life with him. None of the other things would make sense. As I mentioned before. If these words were not written in the Bible. If these words were not said by Jesus. Come with me to John chapter 19, verse 30. The Bible says, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. He said, It is finished. It is complete. It's done. What was finished? What was finished at that point? See, through the years, all the way from Genesis, our first fathers, although they had a connection with God, they doubted Jesus. They doubted God. In fact, they gave their willing power to the enemy. And they fell under the kingdom of the enemy of God. Jesus had to do something to rescue you and rescue me. He had to do something that no one else could have done. No one else in the universe was found powerful enough to take our place at the cross. When he came to live on this earth, knowing that his time was short, every day the Bible says that he would get up early in the morning. And we'll go late at night 
Because he was laboring for the salvation of you and I. Every single moment as he's walking on that, mon uh, on that Sunday, the triumphant entry. As he goes into the, into the Thursday, the Lord's Supper. As he's telling his disciples, I wish I could be more with you. But the time is coming where you will no longer see me. But do not worry. I have prayed to the Father that he will send you another Counselor, he has sent, he will send you the promise that I asked for you. As we go into that Friday and Jesus gets betrayed. And you could ask yourself, why would he go through all that process if he could have saved himself? Why would he take the place, the Via Dolorosa, the way of suffering? It was because of you and it was because of me. When we come to those words, it is finished. Now I can tell you with the true assurance that knows that God did his part. You're no longer needing to carry that sin on your own. You no longer have to carry that load on your back. You no longer have to pay the debt for yourself. It is finished means that he did everything for you and for me for salvation. There is nothing you and I are to give but to accept the gift that he gave us. In fact, the word it is finished comes from, accounting, comes from, from an accounting word, which it means it is paid in full. So you're saying that my sin has been painful? Yes. You don't longer have to carry that load on your shoulders. There was nothing you could have done. And there is nothing you still can do. But to accept the gift of salvation given through Jesus. This is why we are here. This is why we talk about the second coming. This is why the world comes around and talks about the weekend of the Passover or, or, or the, the Easter weekend that we talk so much about. We come to the conclusion that when he went to the cross and his sacrifice was accepted, he said the words, this is finished. It is over. I paid in full. They now are mine and no one can take them away from me. They belong to me. As Jesus is speaking these words, he also says, I saw how the enemy was thrown out from heaven as a lightning strike coming down. Why? We don't have no longer an accuser of the brethren up there representing us. Now Jesus is the one that takes the representation of human beings. The position that Adam to, uh, left, the position of representative of the earth that Adam did no longer fulfill. Now Jesus comes and takes that place on your behalf and my behalf. He's now considered our older brother, our greater brother, our big brother. Isn't it great news? When we understand this statement, it is finished. We truly can now come before the Lord today, regardless of where you've been. Did I just say that right? Yes. Doesn't matter where you've been and what you have done. Jesus paid in full. You're dead. 
I told you the other day I had this experience. I was walking in Tim Hortons. I was going into the drive-thru. I was getting out my wallet. And as I'm waiting for my order to come, the woman comes out. And, and I usually expect to bring the, the tap machine as I'm waiting on it. But then she said, it's all good. Your order is fulfilled. And, and I keep looking at her. And I said, okay, but where do I pay? And she said, do not worry. The person in front of you paid it all. Isn't it great when we understand that someone has done that for us? Someone paid the debt. What was the debt that we were supposed to pay? Eternal debt. That was the payment that you and I were supposed to receive. But when Jesus came and served and gave everything for each one of us, he paid in full. There was nothing else to be paid for. Now, something interesting happened that weekend as well. The whole host of heaven was able to see the true colors of Satan. No one would have a doubt that the enemy of God was truly evil and wicked. When they saw what he did to the Son of, Man, to the Son of God, they were able to see what would have happened if he was to allow this sinful nature to continue. Some have said, well, when Jesus died at the cross, well, there he also crucified the law. He also ab abolished the law. He couldn't have. He died because of the same law. He had to die because he was paying the ransom that the law required. Otherwise, he didn't need to die anyway. When we understand the completion that Jesus did for you and I, all we have left is to bow before the cross and say, thank you, Lord, for you have done for me and for the rest of us. Today is a day to celebrate because he is risen. He is risen indeed. The fact that Jesus got up from that cross, got up from that tomb, tells us that you and I also will be resurrected. You and I can also participate of that glorious morning. I love the words, it is finished. Because that tells me that God gave me a second opportunity. That also tells you today, it's a new beginning for you and I. I don't know where you have been or where your life has taken you. But today is the day to reconcile with God. That sacrifice at the cross 2,000 years ago is still making miracles in today's time. It's still transforming lives. The power of the blood of Jesus is still changing the hearts of men and women. When I was sitting there looking at how many of us were bringing the cards up to the front, and I saw all different shapes and colors and sizes and ages. I could see what the Lord is about to do when he returns. And from all sides of the world, all sections of this earth, he will call his people. And he will call you and I to participate of that glorious celebration, that glorious morning. We are to go out to the world and to tell them he is risen, he is risen Indeed, he is risen. He is risen. Indeed, God is saving the world in current times. 
He has finished the work of saving men. He paid the ransom in full. He paid your debt. But now the process is still going. What process? The process of you and I accepting his sacrifice. There's still a lot of people who don't know this beautiful news. Who are still wondering, what do I need to do to be saved? What do I need to do to pay the debt? How can I pay back what I've, what I've been given? Listen, all you have to do is accept Jesus in your life as, he's, as your Savior. This is what is required from you and I. When you come unto him, he will not send you away. If you come to him, he will not take you. He will not forsake you. He will not take you away. Today, we have the opportunity to celebrate and to say the same words. Truly, he is risen. Risen indeed. The work of redemption is finished. The process for you and I to be saved, the door is being opened. The gate has been established. Now we can come to the Father through Jesus who saves us. Now we can come to the Father knowing that we find a place to be redeemed. Now no one can go and, and, and be sour, uh, uh, sorrow and, 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 and be left alone. There's no such a thing for you and I anymore. Now we have a place where we can go home. Jesus is coming again. His work is now being given to you and I. To go out and share with others what he has done. What he did 2,000 years ago. What he did while we were still sinners. He loved us all. And he gave his life for you and I. May the Lord bless you today as we continue this celebration. And as you go to your home, may you be reminded, it is finished. These are the words that Jesus said for you and for me. When you hear those words, ask the Lord to give you the hope that you need. You might be wondering, Pastor, but what about the world in today's time? What do you say about what we're experiencing in today's time? Let me tell you, it is finished. God has everything in control. God is still ruling this world. God is still handling all the conditions around it. When he said it is finished, he did not only said it was finished for the past, but it is finished through eternity. God has paid what you and I could have done. He has given us eternal hope. May God bless you today. And as we continue to celebrate this weekend, may we all get to fulfill that word in our minds. Truly, God is finishing his work in me. The Apostle Paul said, for the one who has started the work in you will finish it till the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to have a prayer today, and I want to pray specifically for our relationship with God. To be reminded that we no longer need to carry the load that we're carrying. Today is a day of celebration, and nothing celebrates more than when we accept Jesus as our Savior. The whole universe is expecting us to do something on behalf of this great knowledge that God has given us. We have a great truth that has been presented before us. The Lord 
of the universe came to this world, died for you and I. He was risen from the, from the tomb so you and I can have eternal life. If you experience this truth and you want this truth to become now yours and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, I ask you to please stand up with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. For reminding us today that everything that you do is perfect in its own time. And when the time came, you were born out of the virgin. And you live a perfect life in obedience. So you could take our place and died for many So thousands of thousands and even millions could be saved by your blood. We now come to your presence, Lord, telling you that we love you and we accept the gift of salvation in our lives. Thank you for those wonderful words you said at the cross. Because when you said it was finished, you were thinking of us. You had our pictures in your heart. Looking 2,000 years later. Looking into Williams Lake Church. And understanding and seeing everyone's condition. You were thinking of me. Thank you, Lord. For the blessing of your sacrifice. And for the assurance of being forgiven. And the eternal life to be with you. I pray Lord for those who are now making a decision. To follow you wherever you lead them. May you continue to bless their relationship with you. May you continue to guide us through this process. Of understanding what it means to take up our cross. And follow you wherever you take us. Thank you for the privilege to know you and for the wonderful sacrifice you did for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My worth is not in what I own, not in the strength of flesh and bone, but in the costly wounds of love at the cross. My worth is not in skill or name, in win or lose, in pride or shame. 
but in the blood of Christ that flowed at the cross. I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in him no other, my soul is satisfied in him alone. As summer flowers we fade and die, fame, youth, and beauty hurry by. But life eternal calls to us at the cross. I will not boast in wealth or might or human wisdom's fleeting light. But I will boast in knowing Christ at the cross. I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in him no other. My soul is satisfied in him alone. Two wonders here that I confess. My worth and my unworthiness. My value fixed, my ransom paid at the cross. I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in him no other. My soul is satisfied in him alone. I rejoice in my Redeemer, greatest treasure, wellspring of my soul. I will trust in him no other. My soul is satisfied in him alone. I invite you to sing one now with us. The wonderful song in the hymn 108, Amazing Grace.
Sunday, the glorious resurrection day. And we invite you to listen to this wonderful song that we have for us, delighted by Azarel and Azriel, Risen. Jesus died in agony 
upon the bitter cross. They took his body down and laid it in a tomb. His friends believed that everything was lost. But when the third day came, the darkness turned to light. For Mary heard her name and saw the living Christ risen to set the captives free. To bind up every broken heart, to conquer death and sin, risen to bring us home again. And in that barren place, the world forever changed. For hope was born when Jesus rose that day. And still his wounded hands reveal the love he has. For every fallen soul he came to save. And he will come again. And one by one will rise to praise his holy name and see the living Christ risen to set the captives free, risen to ransom you and me, to bind up every broken heart, to conquer death and sin, risen to bring us home again. Alleluia, he lives. Alleluia, he is risen to set the captives free. Oh, he is risen to ransom you and me, to bind up every broken heart, to conquer death and sin, risen to bring us home Amen. He's risen indeed. And as he is risen, we want to invite Jesus to our hearts 
And one of the favorite things we can say is, give me Jesus. In moments where I'm sad, where I'm troubled, or if I have any worries in life, give me Jesus, because he will make me and make everything better. So let's sing our song together, hymn 305. I invite you to stand. We're coming close, coming to the close of our program, but we will ask Jesus to come into our hearts and be with us. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Dark midnight was my cry. Dark midnight was my cry. Dark midnight was my cry. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, give me Jesus. All may I have all this world, give me Jesus. Just about the break of day, just about the break of day, just about the break of day, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, you may have all this Give me Jesus. Oh, when I come to die, oh, when I come to die, oh, when I come to die, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, give me Jesus. You have all this world, but give me Jesus. possible, I invite you to kneel with me as we pray. Heavenly Father, O oh Lord, God and creator of heaven and earth, hallowed be thy holy name. Father in heaven, I have been given the privilege to bring this congregation 
of believers and lovers in Jesus Christ in prayer to the throne of grace, the throne of the universe. And Father in heaven, I pray on behalf of all of us that you will wash us in the blood of the Lamb and forgive us our sins, that you will cleanse us and set us on a holier path towards you. Father in heaven, I pray that you will confound the will and the, and the plans of the enemy that's coming for us and has these wrong things in mind for us and that you will strengthen your children. Father in heaven, I believe and I pray and I think that there are wonderful things prepared to be happening in this world, in this place, in Williams Lake, that your Holy Spirit will fall amongst us in a mighty way very, very soon and we will work with the living God in ways that haven't been seen since that past all times. These days can be very close if we can come to you, Father, and humble ourselves in prayer and ask you to be with us and ask you to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness and set our minds on the path that you have set laid up before us. Sometimes we're very, very confused, but it's not really confusing, Lord. Help to clarify our minds, I pray. Lord, as I pray and bring us all to your throne of grace and ask for forgiveness of our sins, we claim the forgiveness and the cleansing and of our unrighteousness, and we know these things are true, and we know these things can be because our Savior is risen. He is in the Holy of Holies on our behalf, taking care of us. Oh, Heavenly Father, there's been so many songs and so many words, and we have lifted our hearts to pray and praise the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And Father in heaven, we just want to ask you, oh Lord, don't leave our lamps empty. Keep your Holy Spirit with us. Give us a mission. Give us a focus and clarity because there's a day coming when this very confused and hurting world will look and they will find people who represent the character of Jesus Christ exactly. Wow. Oh, Father in heaven, we pray for this day that we will see it, that we'll be part of it. Bless us, oh, Father. I thank you so much for this church and these brethren. I pray for special blessings that you will hear all the prayers that are in this basket and that you will work mightily among your people. Father, I pray these things in the wonderful, majestic, and glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.